All right, today this is Romans class number 12. We'll be in Romans chapter number 4. Romans chapter number 4, and we left off in verse number 8. Romans 4, 8 says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. Now we have to go back to verse number 5. Verse number 5 has the definition of imputation. Of the word impute from verse number eight, and again, let's get uh, let's get it down in our hearts and minds what the verse actually says. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. So, uh, grasp this thought: there is some man, there is some person or group of people that uh, the Lord will not impute their sins to them, and so we'll find out what that means in verse number five. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. So here's ungodly people who are being justified. It says his faith is counted for righteousness. And that word counted is the definition of the word imputed. To impute is to uh, put on someone's account. It's to give. It is to list as something that belongs to a person. It is to signify that a person owns something or has possession of something. And so the Bible says that God counted uh, Abraham's belief for righteousness. Verse number three, for what saith the scripture? Abraham believed God. It doesn't say Abraham followed the law. It says Abraham believed God. It didn't say that Abraham did anything except for believe. He didn't perform any righteous acts except for the righteous act of believing. That's the only thing that Abraham did. God said, uh, look up and count the stars and I'm going to give you that many children. Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. So it says Abraham believed God and it was counted, counted. And you could very easily change that word counted for the word imputed and it would mean the exact same thing. Abraham believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. God imputed his own righteousness. God imputed God's righteousness to Abraham because he believed. And that's what it says in verse 5. His faith is counted for righteousness. And then in verse 8 it says, Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sins. You could say it this way. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not count his sins. He will not charge him for his sins. He will not put his sins on his account. In other words, God has put a man's, uh, God has put his own righteousness on the man's account. And therefore his sins will not be put on his account. And so we we can look down through this next couple of passages of Scripture and get some great understanding. Verse 9, cometh this blessedness. What is the blessedness? To not have your sins counted. To not have your sins imputed. To not have your sins put, uh, sins put on your account. He says, is this, is this blessing going to come upon the circumcision, the keepers of the law only? Or upon the uncircumcision also? What about us Gentiles? Where do we fit into it? For we say that faith was reckoned, there's another word, imputed, counted, reckoned. See, these are all this, these are all words that are being used synonymously for the same concept. And we need to understand what that concept is because that's going to give you a great hope of salvation, not only for today, but uh, for tomorrow as well. 
Verse number 10, how was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? Did God give him his righteousness before he was circumcised uh, by commandment? Or did he, do it bef- uh, did he do it before or did he do it after? Did God give him his righteousness after he followed the rule of circumcision? Which God gave to him. He said all of your children, Abraham, your sons are going to be circumcised. And you're going to be circumcised. Well, did he give him his righteousness before that or after that? That's what he's saying here. He says, how was it then reckoned when he was in circumcision or in uncircumcision? And then he gives you the answer to the question. Not in circumcision, but uncircumcision. So God said, Abraham, I'm going to give you all these children. Abraham believed him. God gave him his righteousness. And after he gave him his righteousness, he gave him the seal or the sign of circumcision. Verse 11. And he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith, which he had yet being uncircumcised. So the circumcision was a seal. It was a sign that said, hey, this man believed you. Before this, this seal is a reminder that this man believed you, and this seal is a sign that you have given him your righteousness. Now, this is uh, this has very much importance in the New Testament because when you believe God, God gives you a sign, God gives you a seal, and that's found in Ephesians chapter 1. The Bible says in verse uh, 13, Ephesians 1 13, in whom ye also trusted. After that you heard the word of truth, God showed you the truth. What is that truth? The gospel of your salvation. In whom also, after that ye believed, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance unto the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. So in Ephesians chapter 1, it's saying you heard the gospel. You heard that Jesus died for your sins, was buried, rose again the third day. You heard that. You understood that. You believed that. And when you believed that, God gave you the seal of the Holy Spirit. And what it's telling you is, is that just the same as, as took place with Abraham, Abraham believed God, God gave him his righteousness, and then he sealed him with the sign of circumcision. When I see that sign of circumcision, I'm going to remember that you believed me. When I see your son with that sign of circumcision, I'm going to remember that you believed me. So that the covenant is with Abraham and the righteousness that God gave him for belief. So his son is going to be safe in that regard. His son's son is going to be safe in that regard. And the righteousness was given before any works of the law was done. Verse number 13, for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. The promise was given because Abraham believed, not because he performed any righteous work at all. And so makes it very easy to understand the transaction that took place between you and Christ through the Holy Spirit. After you believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, and that Holy Spirit of promise seals you until your vile body can be redeemed and made perfect and complete in all these things. 
So in verse 11, he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of the righteousness of the faith faith which he had, being yet uncircumcised, that he might be the father of all them that believed, though they be not circumcised, could be Jew or Gentile. That righteousness might be imputed unto them also. So God can give us righteousness through faith, just as he gave Abraham righteousness through faith. And the father of circumcision to them who are not of the circumcision, but who also walk in the steps of that faith of our father Abraham, which he had being yet uncircumcised. Now as as Gentiles, we didn't start with the law and go through the ages and meet up at the cross and have Jesus died die for our sins. Jesus died for our sins and then through the book of Acts there was a transition made to where the gospel would be preached to us Gentiles so that we hear the gospel first, we believe the gospel and The process that God had with Abraham is the same process that he has with us. The truth was presented. You believe the truth and God gave you his righteousness. And then rather than sealing you with circumcision, he sealed you with the Holy Spirit. And that is the the great truth. And it's one of the greatest truths that you can learn. It is a truth that teaches you the eternal security of the believer It is a truth that teaches you uh, the eternal faithfulness of God, the completeness that you're going to learn about salvation, the completeness you're going to learn about the operation of God through Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians are being really uh, laid down here through the typology through the picture of our salvation that's found in the life of Abraham here. So we've read verse 13 for the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. God's dealing and sealing, God's dealing with and sealing of Abraham and his sons was through faith before There was a commandment to circumcise and before there was a commandment of uh, Moses law so forth and so on. And so uh, the the introduction of Moses law certainly did add some some stipulations where folks souls could be cut off from the people. But the people born into uh, Abraham's seed sealed with the uh, sign of circumcision were made safe by the faith. That Abraham had before the the sign and seal of circumcision was given. It's a great it's a great truth. Sometimes it it could uh, uh, have some hardship in the area of grasping, uh, but once you get into the New Testament, especially Ephesians and Colossians, and you read about the circumcision made without hands, and you read about the sealing of the Holy Spirit, and in the, uh, as we get into Romans chapter eight, and it talks about predestination not to be saved but predestination uh, in regards to being conformed to the image of his son these are great truths that are going to cement the faithfulness of God and the finality of salvation the the great permanent impact that the that the death of Christ, the burial of Christ and the resurrection of Christ had on the soul of the New Testament believer Verse number 14, for if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. So uh, salvation by the law, salvation by keeping the law, it's not just another option. 
if it was if it was another option, it would make void uh, faith. And so, it, it not only it would make void faith, but make it of none effect. So, faith is. Uh, uh, is not void and it certainly is of great effect and that's complete uh, and entire throughout the whole Bi- th- throughout the whole Bible excuse me uh, because the law worketh wrath and that's why I said once the law of Moses was implemented you'll find all sorts of you'll find all sorts of statements throughout the law in which you find when God says to Abraham, if the man's not circumcised, the men children are not circumcised, he'll be cut off from the people. Well, through the law, you'll find many other instances where their souls can be cut off from the people. And that's why, that's why it says here, the, the law worketh wrath. It's rules. It's uh, legislation that if you don't follow, you'll be judged for. That's not what faith is. Faith is, this is the truth. And your response is, I believe or I do not believe. And so that's where the rubber meets the road with God is, do you believe? Do you believe God? Do you believe what God has said? Do you believe the word that God has preserved for you? Do you believe the 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 gospel that God has mandated be preached, those are very important things. Those are the most important things is do you believe God? That's where, that is where your eternity will be sealed at. He says, because the law worketh wrath for where no law is, where no law is, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. And this brings us over to, again, to the book of Ephesians, this circumcision and uncircumcision being given an opportunity to be saved by faith, not only of the faith of Abraham, but their own personal faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2 it says, Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who were called uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now... In Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were far off, are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace, who hath made both, Jew and Gentile, circumcision and uncircumcision, who hath made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us, having abolished in his place the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances for to make in himself of twain one new man so making peace. One new man of Jew and Gentile. One new man of circumcision and uncircumcision. Both the Jew and the Gentile has the opportunity to believe in Christ and for that to be committed as it says in Ephesians chapter 1 as your own faith not just the faith of Abraham, but having that faith be accounted to your account. It's not a covenant between God and Moses and not a covenant between God and Abraham, but it's a covenant between each individual person who believes. If he doesn't believe, that's a different story. That puts you in a whole different category of unbelief. 
But the New Testament is about is not about a covenant between uh, uh, a nation or a covenant between uh, a family, but it's a covenant between uh, God and each and every individual, man, woman, boy, or girl, so long as they are uh, of a, a mind to uh, make that decision for themselves. We talk about age of accountability and different things such as that, but it's an individual process in the New Testament. It's an individual application. And where there's no law, there's no transgression. He, therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end. The promise might be sure to all the seed. So when God takes away, when God dies, uh, and of course we understand that he did that uh, uh, in the body through Christ. When Christ dies for our sins as a payment for the penalty of the law. When Christ dies and we put our faith in him, whether we be Jew or Gentile. This puts us in a place where we can become the sons of God. We can become. We can uh, enter into a covenant with Christ personally, rather than through a family or through uh, a nation such as Israel. Uh, a nation uh, regarding Israel, a family regarding Abraham, or an individual regarding the New Testament covenant between God. And men, women, boys and girls, so forth and so on. Therefore, uh, verse 16, it is of faith that it might be by grace to the end. The promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. That's a very uh, important verse there. God who call, excuse me, God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. So when he says, in verse 8, blessed is the man to whom the Lord will not impute sin. That's what he's talking about. He's calling people who are not righteous, righteous. And he's doing that because he's imputing his righteousness, uh, which Christ lived, which Christ proved. And because Christ died in your place, God can give you Christ's righteousness in Christ's place. And so he says he calleth those things which be not as though they were. He calls people who are unrighteous, righteous. He calls people who are ungodly, godly. And he does it because of belief. It's the same belief that Abraham had when he said, I believe God. When you say you believe God, God gives you that righteous. And though you be not righteous, he calls you righteous. It's, it's the definition of imputation. And it's a, it's a great doctrine. It's a doctrine that you're going to have to study. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved unto God. It's, it's something that you're going to have to read. You're going to have to pray. You're going to have to read the book of Romans, read the book of Galatians, read the book of Ephesians, read the book of Colossians. In the circuit, you're going to have to study these things in connection, in conjunction with one another. And these, it, it's not as though it's, it, it's an equation you're not going to be able to figure out. It's study that's going to have to be done. And when the study's done, God's going to reveal to you this great truth. And when he does, it's going to give you bright hope for tomorrow because you'll know you're safe uh, 
and complete, as the Bible says, in him. You're complete in him, the Bible tells us. And this imputation is the reason why you are complete in him. Now, that's about 20 minutes, and I think that's uh, sufficient for a class uh, of this weight, of this magnitude, a doctrine of this magnitude. And so you can go back over it as many times as you like. And uh, you should, and of course, uh, you should apply your own study between those books that I mentioned, Romans, Galatians, Colossians, and Ephesians, and they will uh, give you a a well-rounded view of this doctrine of imputation that we're talking about here today. We'll pick up in verse number uh, 17 and 18 in the next class. Until then... uh, Study these things, as I said before, very diligently. It'll change your whole perspective of the New Testament.